0: I don't know about you, but I think murder should be legal. Start the doghouse. Fantasy football, motherfuckers. up, everybody. It is your boy, D-Roy. This is the doghouse. Find me on Twitter at RoyDawg underscore 13. That is R-O-Y-D-A-W-G underscore one three. And by that music, by now we should know that it's a mobile podcast day. I am in the semi today. I am headed to Indiana, bringing you along through my excursions of Chicago because god damn it, please share in my misery got out a little bit late because people are stupid, they can't figure out, you know, how to work a printer you know our whole system and our trucks for our uh, login system went down for about half an hour so had to figure that out and of course right when I'm getting ready to go it reboots itself, so I can't actually leave and log on duty for driving. So I had to sit for another 15 minutes. So yeah, it's a terrific start to my day. That's fine. Until I got stuck on the county road, leaving the yard, behind a combine that decided to pull out, drive a mile down the road, keep continuing on the roads, right around... That said, farmers own fucking property line. So instead of going through the yard, ah, fuck it, let's just ruin everybody else's fucking day. Oh my god. I really do not care about farmers, you know, using the road most of the time. But it's stupidity like that when you can see they have an access point on the other fucking road and they don't have to bother anybody else. That really pisses me off. So we're going to be looking back a little bit at week 8. Not too much, uh, but we'll delve into that. And then we'll, I'd like to kind of look at a little bit of week 9. Like I said, I'm in the truck. So we'll go over a little bit of seasonal, a little bit of DFS this week. A couple things that I've noticed. Um, Nothing too big. We do have the Thursday night game, which we will go through tomorrow. That is San Francisco and Arizona. Uh, pretty much, just by saying San Francisco and Arizona, probably already know where we're going to be leaning. So, should be an easy enough uh, showdown slate. Um, there's even a couple of players on there that you probably, if you want to take a shot on the Thursday through Monday contest, that you may want to take a shot of in their tournaments. But. Uh, Let me light my cigarette up. Ah! I don't care what the fuck anybody says. That cancer tastes great. Anywho. So, yeah. Week 8. Bit of a high-scoring week. Uh, Pay line on DK was a little bit higher than normal at 160. Um. You know, give or take a couple of points. Now, the thing that really irritated me is I did not cash out except for a couple of GPPs, uh, very minimal caches. Um, saved about a quarter of my quarter of my um, my bets, my plays. Uh, but I did finish at a 157. You know, on average, about three points below the pay line, which really fucking blows. And, yes, we'll get into why. But uh, then when you switched over to FanDuel, the pain lines, holy shit. 20 points above normal, sitting around 140, give or take about 5 points. Um, I scored a 147 on my personal FanDuel lineup, cash lineups. So I I, ska- I skated by. And let me tell you, I was very happy about that was able to recoup much of what I lost on DK on FanDuel, luckily. um, A lot of people not so fortunate. Uh, The scores that I did see, there was people that were scoring in the 130s, uh, even at that 140 mark, you know, between 140 and 145, and they were not cashing. Please do not get discouraged. Those are good, good scores. Should be happy with those scores. The only problem is It came up empty in a week where it needed to be a little bit higher. And that... It's just ridiculous. I said in the full-time fantasy chat... Nobody should be... Nobody should be asking you to score 140. To shoot for that score for cash. If they are. Uh, They're fucking stupid. And... They will ultimately uh, get your mindset into a GPP mindset. You're going to ultimately fail for the rest of the season. So keep it. So keep the 120, the 150 minimum goals, and we'll shoot a little bit higher. We'll shoot, you know, towards the 130 and the 160, and we should continue to be. We should continue be fine. If you've been falling a little bit below, let's get it fixed. DMs are always open. We'll get it all straightened out. Get you going. But we did have—I did have a couple of new players that came along, um, people that have found the podcast uh, at random and through, you know, Twitter, and they and they cashed. So don't take that. Don't take anything as a negative. Just look at it just be, move on to the next week. I was severely disappointed by my DK I took a day to decompress um, I did, like I said in the chat, I had a health screening yesterday um, which meant I was fasting and unfortunately had to fast for eight o- 18 hours, so I was not in any mood to hop on and make a podcast yesterday you wouldn't have wanted me to make a podcast, it would have been all over the place. I would have been able to focus so. Um, now, Ty Johnson initially in the core four, and I had put in an update that I was going to move to Latavius Murray if you wanted to stay at Ty Johnson for the savings fine, but I preferred to get Murray, gave you the reason why, being that he's in a more stable offense, and and we know he's going to get the carries. When I send an update on Sunday mornings, it is very, very, very rare. So when I send an update and I pivot to a player... You should be moving there, too. I didn't completely take Ty Johnson out because he would have been highly owned. But figured the better pivot was to Murray, pay up a little bit, and we'd make do with what we have. Um, Chris Carson didn't work out nearly as well as what I wanted to, but he was safe. He did get points. He didn't kill the lineup. Uh, Corey Davis, big miss. I was a little disappointed in that one. Um, and that's the trouble with trusting the Tennessee passing game. Uh, particular, Ryan Tannehill. Now, Tannehill actually did come through, and he was in cash, along with, say, Matt Moore, which, mm, uh, not Matt Moore, uh, Matt Schaub I'm sorry, for the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know why anybody would have went to Matt Schaub I know he was at a low cost but that was highly risky against even a mediocre Seattle defense Yeah, they were going to be throwing but that was way too risky to put anybody in that position I'm a little disappointed to see that people were recommending just going down to Matt Schaub and paying up at all the other positions instead of just taking the safe route at the quarterback position. Um, I believe all the quarterbacks in the cash, in cash, were good because we had, we had Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, and, um, uh, my personal use which was Matt Stafford who went for 32 so very happy with that Mitchell Trubisky continues to be a piece of dog shit that's terrific and now he's in a matchup against Philadelphia awesome because you know I'm going to be looking at it again and I'm going to be hesitant to pull the trigger on it But as we know, can't run against Philadelphia. So everybody's gonna, a lot of people are going to gravitate towards David Montgomery. Not nearly as much as what we would hope would make that mistake. But Mitchell Trubisky is going to be probably somewhere teetering in play. Not definitely not cash, but maybe in GPP. It all depends on. All the other quarterbacks, when it's all said and done, Jameis Winston actually didn't do too bad. He got the 50 yards rushing that he had is what kind of saved his day. Um, not a true like explosion, although he was he was high on Evans yesterday on on Sunday. So Evans is back in play. The funny part is, it's like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both in play this week. Um, with Jameis Winston in a decent matchup against Seattle, so there's going to be a lot of people gravitating that way because of what Matt Schaub did with Atlanta, and then you get an you get another offense that's almost completely nothing but passing uh, through Winston, and it makes sense. Uh, running backs, you know, Chris Carson came through. Uh, like I said, uh, not you know game you know gangbuster, but uh, a very safe play, safe play for cash. Uh, with the amount of carries that he got, now it was kind of weird because it was like Seattle took their foot off the gas and they weren't handing the ball off. He should have gotten at least another eight carries in that game, finish that off, and should have had a shot at another t- at another touchdown, but. It is what it is. Uh, Saquon Barkley came through. Leonard Fournette was safe enough for cash, but didn't get that touchdown again. We're going to have to pay attention to that. because At some point, he's got to get a game where he's going to get multiple touchdowns, um, and that's got to be somewhere here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Levy Whew. Bell. Huge fail. Huge fail. Fell right into that one. Um, I don't know what the fuck Adam Gase is ever thinking. There was a there was a small rumor that the Jets were going to shop Bell around for trade. Whether or not anybody was going to actually take on that stupid contract is another thought in its own but at the very least if you were thinking of shopping him why did you not run him into the fucking ground against a defense that's just been bleeding points to running backs it's just something that has absolutely made no sense whatsoever um, and now he's got a fantastic matchup against the Miami Dolphins and it's just going to be ridiculous uh Latavius Murray went for thirty plus, like I said in the update. Probably got a little bit more upside, uh, more stable op- offense, better offense. Um, nobody else there to contend with carries. That was the big, that was the major thing. So that worked out. Ty Johnson fell flat on his face as we just watched this a carousel of fucking running backs in Detroit. Uh, get a handle on the ball. It was almost like they could have just, they were just going to start grabbing fucking fans out of the stands like, hey, you want to carry? You want to fucking carry? Oh, you want to play catch? Hey, you want to catch a ball from Matt Stafford? There you go, Chief. There you go. But uh, if anything, now we've learned, let's just fucking stay away from that backfield altogether. I don't care. If one of those running backs goes off one week, I'm not fucking touching it unless something stabilizes. Because that's just going to, we're going to kill ourselves mentally trying to figure that running game out and figuring out who's going to get the carries on a week in and week out basis. So fuck that. Um, the big miss and unfortunately was the absolute last guy I cut out of the article. And I'm disappointed in myself. But I got on my but I got on my Panthers defense. Oh my God, look at the cost. You could fit all this shit in there. High horse. And that was Tevin Coleman. The just about direct pivot on every site to Ty Johnson across the board. And he went off for... I know he went for 40 plus on DK. Um, I don't know if he quite hit 40 on on Fanduel, but that's besides the point. And the fact is, he fucking exploded for four touchdowns. So, I mean, thank God he's not going to be on the main slate this week. Otherwise, he would have been really highly owned in a matchup against the Arizona Cardinals and there's a lot to like at running back this week Um, especially if James Conner and Benny Snell are out, Jalen Samuels is going to become your chalk value guy because he's underpriced across the board because they were playing on Monday night so there's something that we need to pay attention with or two is that situation there? I'm kind of hoping that it. Fit, it I'm kind of hoping that Connor's there just to kind of screw with everything. Um, uh, it goes both ways. It, on one side, I kind of want it, I kind of want Connor to play so then it fucks up that situation and then we don't have a value guy. So it makes everybody kind of think where they really want to go. Otherwise, if Samuels is in play, uh, from what I've seen, I'm trying to remember what who Carolina was playing, Carolina's playing somebody like not very good against running backs. The matchup's escaping me. But you also have Dalvin Cook against the Kansas City Chiefs, and if. Everybody saw what Aaron Jones did to the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. They're going to all gravitate towards Delvin Cook. And in a poor matchup against San Francisco, (laughs) Christian McCaffrey got the 27. The 27 minimum that I said he had to get. So, you you put him again... This week, and it's going to just be against yeah, a much weaker opponent, and it's just going to be like, okay, all right. I guess we're going to have to try and fit both in, and I think that's what a lot of people are going to try and do. Um, otherwise, we're going to we're going to have to try and you know fit one or the other in there and just go with a couple of guys in better, in better spot, or not in better spots, but at cheaper prices, but in just as good as spots, so that's something to look forward to, um, yeah, I don't think any of the GPP guys really went off, like, uh, Todd Gurley, eh, blah, nothing really major, and there, I don't think I had... I not remember correctly. I didn't have a lot going for, uh, value running backs this week, but, uh, shit. but, uh, so, wide receivers, uh, DeAndre Hopkins did come through, Julio Jones came through in the, in a big way, um but I didn't have him. I took everybody off. I just didn't want to fuck with that situation. Outside of Austin Hooper at tight end, which, you know, he just proved again, you know, why Austin Hooper was in the cash game. Because, you know, Shab was looking for him all over the place. But, wide receivers, the big one out there, was Mike Evans who was in GPP we had talked about it that uh, at some point Malcolm Brown was going to fail for Tennessee it, all it was going to take was you know pretty much a great wide receiver and then just about the vo- all the volume that Winston was going to end up throwing in that game because they weren't going to be able to run the ball and that's really kind of a key uh, to the Tampa to the Tampa offenses you know if they can't run the ball you're going to see a ton of volume on a Winston and that's what makes him a pretty good GPP guy we're never going to trust them for cash though fuck that we'll figure something else out but uh, uh, cash game Kenny Galladay Came through, loved it. Finally, we got him to pay dividends. He got a hundred yards and two touchdowns, which is awesome. Um, Julian Edelman was a uh, good call, and should continue to be a good call. Although he's, uh, we don't know exactly if we're going to trust him this week, as uh, the Ravens have moved. Marlon Humphreys inside it from time to time and Marlon Humphreys has been very good uh, even in the slot against better wide receivers so probably won't see Edelman this week um and that would be actually that would be on the Sunday night game so that would only matter for Yahoo and fantasy draft um Oh, we did miss out on one running back actually. Uh, Aaron Jones in that late in that late night game. I was all over him. It said on Yahoo and fantasy draft, he was the must own guy uh, to try to fit in there. In the high, he was he was kind of like a high mid uh, range guy. He wasn't very expensive. He wasn't that expensive. Um, but running back, running backs against Kansas City are just fucking old and but now a lot of people are starting to figure it out whereas we were on this like four weeks ago so and that was pointed out specifically through the spreadsheet using the DVOA and the DVP rankings um, to see that trend uh, early enough to get on that train so you to use that spreadsheet take a look at it see if you see anything trending in the timeline, that's what it's there for so uh, i trying to think of all the other wide receivers yeah, Corey Davis failed, everything in Tennessee fucking failed outside of John U. Smith and I apologize, I pulled somebody off I may have pulled somebody off of John U. Smith and then he goes for 18 fucking points but it's like I said in the article though as soon as I'm on him, as soon as, and I was on him, but as soon as I play him, he's gonna fail. Of course, what happens? I don't play him, and he, you know, scores a ton of points. I'm still not gonna play him. everybody's in love with Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith is not as good as you think he is. Is that is that a knock on the player himself? Nope. It's a knock on the offense and the quarterbacks that are throwing to him. So, I'd like to see a little bit more from Tannehill as far as like trusting his tight end before I'm ready to before I'm ready to run on it because that th- that thing could bottom out just as quickly as if Marcus Mariota was that quarterback. So you have to be really careful with it. Let's see. Cooper Cup. I really, really wish I would have put him in one of my lineups. He wasn't a write-up. See. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with not having Tevin Coleman in there. So if I would have had Tevin Coleman in there, I would have ran a core for I would have ran a core for. Probably would have still included Davis. Let's just say, but you would have seen Latavius Murray and Tevin Coleman in there, which means that we could have paid up for wide receivers. Which means that we could have had. Um, I'm trying to think who I did. They have Galladay and Corfu. No, I don't think I had Galladay and Corfu. But oh, it was Hopkins. So we could have had Tevin Coleman, Latavius Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and Cooper Cup in there. And you would have had. You would have had over a hundred points just in those four players alone. And you still would have had enough to pay for any quarterback that you wanted. Whatever tight end that you wanted whatever defense you wanted probably that's what really pissed me off when I when I figured that all out who we could have put in there you know even if he didn't use Cooper Cup and he would have used Julian Edelman I mean he went for two touchdowns you know and had uh, like eight catches it was fucking phenomenal he would have been just as good The thing that irritates me the most is when, not not when I, not not the, really the fact that I missed out on a player, I don't think, or that I you know I say something with, the, with my you know I just say, look, this is it, this is where I, where I have to stop right here, otherwise I include everybody, right? The thing that pisses me off is when I'm that one player off, and we have everything else that we fucking needed in the write-up, in the spreadsheet, out of the podcast, we had everything all lined up to where every single person not only would have cashed in their 50-50s, but probably would have taken down a GPP or two out of the whole group. That's what pisses me off. so gotta continue to get better my gut says to go with a guy or include a guy just go ahead and just go with it even if it's one extra allow myself to think about it a little bit more work a lineup together with it try not to make that mistake but at the same time Try not to deviate from the same process that I've been using since week one. Don't do anything incredibly extra. Do You know, look at things a little bit, a little bit more in depth. But don't try to sell it just to fit it in. Don't try to sell it to myself just to fit it in. And that's where a lot of people make mistakes. Because you could look at a player and you could just be like, God, let me look at this. And maybe it's, and maybe it's not the greatest of matchups. Maybe it's a media. let's just say it's a mediocre matchup. But you could take enough time to completely sell yourself on a bad play instead of just letting the play come to you and that's part and that's what I've done in the past I've overthought it Sold sold the player to myself even though I know I knew it probably wasn't the best idea and then failed I'd rather fail because I missed a player than fail because I included a player that just did not belong Coleman belonged I sold myself on the Panther defense because of the price because of Jimmy Garoppolo so then that pulled me off of Coleman And that's where the mistake was made. So I still did it. Instead of looking at it as, well, running running backs against Carolina just absolutely, just, you know, just absolutely kill it. But then going, Coleman doesn't have that much upside. Well, apparently he does. Apparently that motherfucker has 40 point upside in them legs. So... Fool me once, Tevin Coleman, in Atlanta on chalk Tevin Coleman week with a fade. Shame on me for not trusting you in the smash spot in San Francisco against Carolina at about 3% ownership. Other wide receivers, I believe we took a look at D.D. Westbrook and D.J. Chark, they were okay, not great. Chris Connolly got got a touchdown from Garner Minshew. Honestly didn't really think Garner Minshew was going to have that much success. Like, I thought it would be a mediocre type day, you know, just something to get it by. They'd rely more on Leonard Fournette. And I was scared as fuck right out the gate when he had his first carry for over 60 yards. I was like, oh, my God. Fucked up. Should have went Leonard Fournette. And then he finished with, like, 79 yards on, like, 19 carries. How terrible is that offensive line in Jacksonville? So, um surprised nobody asked me about Darius Slayton uh, we were a little bit high on the Giants, Saquon Barkley Evan Ingram uh, that was about it, I, knew, I know Renner had had a little bit of love for Golden Tate um, and then of course Barkley and Ingram but I don't know if he had it If I doubt he had Slayton in there as well Slayton's a real fucking shot in the dark. You can see that Daniel Jones does like to go to him, but the only two catches that he had were the two touchdowns. So it's a true boom or bust type of play. If we do know that the cornerbacks can get beat by a faster wide receiver, I think that's when we can take a look at Slayton. But let's not try to rely rely on Slayton. Yeah, Sterling Shepard should be back here either this week or next week. I believe he's actually on the field now, but, um, so that's going to minimize Slayton even more as far as any chances to get targets in that offense. Um, so just be careful with that. Uh. else. I don't believe at wide receiver. Oh, Michael Thomas. God, anytime Michael Thomas plays, just include him in cash, fuck it. Just play him in cash. Play him in cash. He's the safest fucking bet out on the field. So, but, uh, (laughs) I want to go back to the Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones thing. So, uh, I believe it was Saturday when I was when I was looking at Detroit and contemplating whether or not the full stack was really good with Galladay and Marvin, Marvin Jones, or if it was better just to either have Galladay or to have Jones, and I found the pa- I found the pattern where it was, it goes, it goes Galladay, Galladay, as far as like the best games. It goes Galladay, Galladay, Jones, Galladay, Galladay, Jones, and now we have Galladay. So this upcoming week should be Galladay. I know how stupid that sounds, but it was just kind of funny. But the biggest takeaway of it was Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay do not go off in the same games. So if you're doing a stack for Detroit, which it's quite possible to do again this week with Matt Stafford, you go something like Stafford, Galladay, and Amendola, or you go Stafford, Marvin Jones, Amendola, and let Amendola be the wild card if he's got a decent matchup in that slot. Don't put Jones and Galladay together. It so far has not proven to be worth it, and you can go another way. So at least take that out. At least take that into account that they're not going to go off at the same time, and you can save you can save money uh, by just using one if you want to, or going down to Amandola for the full stack. skip ahead here to tight ends. Hooper came through. Darren Waller. Ugh. Fail. At least he scored eight points. Cameron Brait. Fail. The last drive of the game. Came up lame. And we didn't see him the rest of the game. God damn it. Pissed me off. He was starting to get some catches. He he had like two consecutive catches from Winston before he went down, and I was like, "Damn it!" Here was the, here was the part where Cameron Brake comes back, scores that touchdown at the end, and not only does the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, which would have been great for my confidence pool, or <laughs> but he saves his day with the touchdown. We come out squeaky clean for all the Brait users. Well, no, it didn't happen. John New Smith ended up being the man. <sighs> Got to eat crow for the week. But I did include him. I did give him to you. So I'll take that. I'll put that little feather in my hat. You know, like one of them fedoras. But I uh, told, you, told you not to use Zach Ertz. You use Dallas Goddard. Goddard came through. Yeah, uh, tight ends you can start using against Chicago. There's a couple of other teams that are starting to trend up as far as places to attack with the tight end. So we're going to have to get into that this weekend. Um, God, it wasn't really that much. Tight end really, really sucked. Engram scored a touchdown, so it kind of... You know, as far as, like, a a catch play, he would be really safe because at least he scored a touchdown, got a couple catches, got the yards. So it wasn't too bad. Um, Defenses. Goddamn New England scored again. And if anybody saw it, it was on a fumble by Nick Chubb where one of his offensive linemen was absolutely getting drilled into the fucking ground and his foot enough to where his feet came up in the air and kicked the ball out of Chubb's arms. (laughs) Bounced right to New England, and New England ran it in easy for a touchdown. It was the most insane luck of the fucking draw type play I've seen all season. So luck continues to be on New England's side we'll see what happens against Baltimore thank god they're at least not on the main slate so we don't have to fucking deal with them but uh, Rams came through nothing you know terrific but they didn't kill you um, god I can't remember if I had San Francisco no, I did out San Francisco um, we had New England uh, New Orleans did, did okay nothing, nothing too major so as far as cash games went uh, defenses weren't too bad um, even if you really look into um, the Carolina Panthers defensive play, because you were punting so far down, the three points that they did score weren't going to kill you as long as you had gotten the right player in the payoff spot because you went so cheap. And that's kind of the... That's that whole player-for-player player, uh, switch-off kind of formula where you're willing to give up a little bit here to get that upside over in here so I mean I was cashing I was cashing with Panthers defense I used them like hundred percent in cash except um, like I had said on Yahoo I used um, the LA Rams because they were four dollars above minimum so they were like the 16th highest-priced defense, and I'm like, well, I'll take a shot on that against against Cincinnati. So, wasn't bad. So, don't buy into thinking that it was, like, you completely failed because of the defense. No, it ended up being the player that you went up to because you used that defense, or maybe a player that you didn't use is probably... A better way to say it, but so it's it's tricky. It's always tricky. Um, but if I can find a good value like that in a matchup that you know they they should be very good in, I'm gonna do it every time. So, um, but I mean the safest the the absolute safest play in cash right now is to use New England if you can. Um, again, not on this late because they're on the Sunday night game. So they could technically be in play on Yahoo and fantasy draft. We'll just have to, we'll have to see. Um, they are a little bit cheaper, but they're going against Lamar Jackson, so they actually do become a more of a GPP play on Yahoo and and uh, fantasy draft because now everybody's talking about. Lamar Jackson's legs and he can use them against this defense. So is New England going to be able to contain him? That's kind of the thought that's going, you know, the question question that's going on right now out there. So you may be able to get New England actually a low ownership against a guy that can turn the ball over. And I mean, you're getting the number one defense in the league right now for like on one of the sites I believe he's they're like the I think it's fantasy draft where they're like the fifth highest priced fantasy defense so might take the savings over there I have to double check that I have all the pricing done Uh, Let's see. What do I have done? I have the pricing done. I haven't looked at values yet. Uh, DVOA is entered. All I got to do is just do the columns real quick. So that won't take too long. Uh, DVP is all done. Uh, The cornerback and tight end match. The cornerback and safety matchups for the wide receivers and tight ends is in. The offensive line. Uh, advantage slash disadvantage, uh, section is in, so all I have to really do is, like I said, I just have to enter the little columns for the DVOA, um, the strength of schedule sheet is done, uh, let's see what else, yeah, so, yeah, strength of schedule is done, um, so, yeah, just finish up a little bit of the DVOA, like I said, columns. The values, which I do when I go through for the injury report, which I still have to enter uh, for tomorrow morning, which gets updated. You know, you get the update when the article goes out. Um, yeah, and just, just classing it up with some player pictures, so, I mean, there's not much left to get done on that, that's going to be done early, we'll have a podcast out tomorrow, I'm trying to think what I was going to, hmm, so, <laughs> a couple of people were talking, to me, asking me about, players to pick up and I had said I want you to focus on one player in particular if you're not going for Jalen Samuels or even if you're going for for Jalen Samuels um, that's fine I wasn't going to put a big bid on Samuels I didn't get him in any of my leagues because people overpaid I even had out of a $100 budget somebody paid $66 for him uh, so hopefully that was the Connor owner. I didn't take a look at that. But um, the one guy that I really wanted everybody to focus on was uh, Darius Geis. Washington has said that he will suit up week 11. Okay. That suit up he meant playing a game week 11. Brent Williams the Pro Bowl left tackle for the Washington Redskins is back past his physical slated to hit the practice field today so the offensive line is going to get better so what I was saying was You can hop on your waiver wire, go get Geis. If you have the space for him, go pick him up. Especially if you need help at running back. I said most of your guys' leagues. If people don't pay attention, they don't listen to serious XM, anything like that, you could probably wait until after the waiver period and get him for nothing. Did say if you're going to go get him on the waiver, put a dollar on him. Because somebody else in your league, if if you got good players in your league, they're going to be on them, but not think to put a to put a bid on them. Because nobody else would be thinking about it. Guess what? I got the text today. <laughs> I'm sorry, Paul. I am a son of a bitch. But there's no way in hell I was letting you get that running back. So, hopefully, you, can, you got him. If he's still on your waiver wires right now, go get him. Uh, If you have an IR spot, you can put them on IR um, and just leave them there for a little bit. I do have one league that has an IR spot, so I went and grabbed him uh, for nothing and uh, slipped him in there. So, there's that. Um, I don't know if anybody was able to grab Kenyon Drake just based on the fact that when the trade went down Miami hadn't played a game yet so he was probably available on Yahoo Leagues at least he was still available because he hadn't played yet so you're able to pick him up before the waiver period Uh, if you missed out on him I wouldn't get too concerned about it uh, if you have Chase Edmonds on your, on your bench, just go ahead and just drop him. Um, at, least, at least we got one week. Hopefully, you had gotten the one week. But, uh, yeah, it's just cut Edmonds. We'll just pay attention and see when he's going to come back. He's dealing with a hamstring. It sounds like he's not going to be back for a few weeks. And by that time if you're holding on to him you probably could have picked up somebody else that was of use so go ahead and drop him uh, if, you have, if you're had, if you still sitting on Will Fuller please fucking drop him I had one person ask me a question with like Will Fuller I said no we tr- I dropped him I dropped him as soon as I could hamstring issue, A guy with chronic hamstring issues leg problems, just drop him no reason to keep him around notice that Kenny Stills failed this week (laughs) probably take a look at Kenny Stills this week, just because everybody will be off him now same kind of goes for Corey Davis, I'm kind of taking a look at that those are fun little things Um, Ryan Finley can be owned in two quarterback super flex leagues but I'm not really high on him Um, if you're in a super flex or two QB and nobody picked him up on this waiver period because the Bengals were on by take a look at his schedule determine if he's worth a pickup now to Stash because it's, it's going to be done for Andy Dalton for at least this year not due to injury but due to just the fact that it's the fucking Bengals, they suck they have to get a look at Finley see if he's worth a shit because they're going to be in the running for a quarterback next year if he's not Then you got Brandon Allen in Denver. Joe Flacco talked himself into a neck injury. So he's supposed to miss a couple, he's supposed to miss a few weeks. Uh, Drew Locke is back. He's not quite back from IR. So that means there's going to be a couple weeks of Brandon Allen. I'm not very high on Allen. Uh, a run first offense so that's just going to mean that they should lean on Lindsey and Freeman a bit more so that's the way that I would go over there that's definitely the way that I'm looking for uh, DFS this week Um, I think Matt Moore is in play for Kansas City against the Minnesota Vikings just because of all of the pieces that he has around him makes him viable. Tyree Hills probably going to see a little bit of Xavier Rhodes um, but may not see him as much being in the slot. Just have to determine have to determine if we think Xavier Rhodes is going to follow with him and shadow him because if he's going to if he wants to shadow if they want him to shadow Tyreek Hill I'll start Tyreek Hill all day against him he's going to be toasted and he could be toasted twice for long touchdowns Xavier Rhodes is done least for this year, he's got to be hurt again. They're just yeah. refuse to sit him and let him get healthy. I mean, they are what six and one. Have they had their buy yet? I think they have. They're right behind the Packers, no matter what. Or six and two. Oh, uh, six and two. No, they haven't had their buy yet so they're right behind the Packers so there's that but uh, yeah DFS is really going to be curious this week whether or not everybody's going to want to try and pay out for the two, the two stud running backs um At least we don't have Barkley and Elliott as well. That might have pushed those prices up even higher. Give us even more, you know, stuff to think about uh, for this weekend as far as what we're going to do at running back. It's all going to really come down to the spots that all the wide receivers are in, whether or not we can get savings in there. Uh, we're probably going to have to take a shot on somebody who's higher priced, which means that we're probably going to have to split up CMC and Dalvin Cook. But, I mean, we're really going to have to figure that one out. I just don't know quite yet if that's the way to go. I wonder if I can find out who Carolina's playing here. Um, so yeah probably end up paying back down again at tight end paying down at defense since our top two defenses are going to be off the slate with New England and San Francisco it's definitely a pay down week Then we're gonna have to see if we get any of our punt options. Like I said, Jalen Samuels. Pay attention to that situation. It uh, looks like Benny Snell hurt his. I believe he hurt his knee. So Benny Snell's probably gonna be out. So it's really gonna fall on whether or not Connor's gonna play or not. Yeah, I can't pull that up. So I think that's about it. Um, at least for today tomorrow we'll get into the Thursday night slate, or the Thursday night showdown. And, like I said, if you want to play Thursday and Monday, there's a player or two that you can take a shot on in this matchup. And there's actually, if you really want to get frisky, there's going to be a really decent punt option. Um, that's probably going to be low on in Thursday to Monday, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. You guys will get your spreadsheets, the initial run of the spreadsheet with the in- initial injury report tomorrow. and then we'll talk about we'll talk about Thursday showdown and start getting ourselves mentally prepared for the main slate of week nine until then. Guys, have a good rest of your Wednesday. Enjoy Game 7 of the World Series. Go Houston or go Washington, whichever. I really don't care who wins it. On one side, I'd like to see Washington get, the, get a championship because um, I like a lot of their players, especially Ryan Zimmerman will finally get his. If they do win... Um, if not you got Zach Ranke on the other side pitched a couple seasons for the Milwaukee Brewers so I'm definitely cheering for him Um, see if they get uh, their second title in you know what three, four years so nice little mini dynasty there and we're also going to see too if Houston wins it then you'd finally get a home team and actually take a game in this series. All the visitors the visiting team has won every single game of the series that's never happened before, so it's, it's kinda interesting. If it goes all the way and the nationals take it. Now uh, you know why I want the Nationals to really win it? Just to stick it to Bryce Harper. Fuck that guy. Take it easy, guys.